What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hugigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Draft Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly, Ben Solik, and Craig Horlbeck. And we're doing a mailbag, baby. We're doing our biggest questions. Yeah. Entering the NFL Draft. Biggest, medium, small questions, weird ones. Uh, questions of Very all Very specific sizes. ones. Yeah. Very broad ones. Like the quarterbacks. Many shapes and sizes to the questions. So, well, actually, before we jump in, NFLDraft.3.com. DK has his newest mock draft up Woo. at NFLDraft.3.com. DK, can I ask a question hey. about the mock? Oh, please do. It's because it's perfect and it's going to be exactly right. Do you right. feel like you have any idea what's going on in the draft this year? I'll take my answer <laughs> off air. <laughs> what I is the deal with the NFL is my question. Um, No, I don't know. Who, who the fuck okay. knows? It's a great pitch for the draft. For the mock We've draft. only no, been doing I, this for I, two months. No, here's the deal. It's like. Doing mock drafts is the synthesization. Synthesization? How do you say that word? Synthesization? I mean, it's not a word, so you don't say it. Synthesization. Synthesizing. Synthesizing. No, go Um, with synthesization. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, I like the amount of S's in (laughs) the Super smart. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's synthesizing all the information and trying to figure out what's bullshit and what's not because there's so much information floating around right now. Um, Like, I was going to actually ask, like, are we going to do a recap of what we think is going to be the first pick again? Like, is it Bryce Young today? I mean, that was kind of when I asked you about your mock draft. That was kind of yeah, your, put Bryce your Young. spot. I've, I've been very resistant to the Bryce Young number one thing for no reason at all, like other than just me being stubborn for for no reason. But it does feel like he's going number one. It would have been point. funny if just for two months, <laughs> the title of every single podcast we did was who is going to be the first pick in the draft. And every episode, we just tried <laughs> to figure it out. And then this week it was, well, who's going to be the second pick in the draft? <laughs> And then the FanDuel odds drop to minus 1,500. And we're like, oh, I guess it's Bryce Young. Okay. And then after we do who's the second pick, the next episode comes out. I was like, who's going to be the 74th pick? People are like, holy smokes. They got two through 73 <laughs> on the last episode. I got to listen. All right. Let's just dive into the, the mailbag here. Mailbag. I want to start with an excellent question from Joseph. Joseph. Joe. Joseph. Joey. The subject line was all caps. You've found a magic lamp. Which well was done, really Joe. good. Yes, I have. And he said, Makes congratulations on finding this magic lamp. A genie will now grant you all one wish each. You, you each will get the one player you want most from this draft. Be drafted onto your favorite NFL team. However, mm. 
And he writes, per the Geneva Convention or the Geneva Convention. (laughs) Nice. It is forbidden that any of you walk away with the same player. So you each must select one player on your team in the order that your teams are slotted to pick in the draft. So, DK, the Seahawks Hmm. have the first pick. You're going fifth. If you could get any player you want in the draft from the Seahawks, for the Seahawks at five, who would you want? Oh, man. First, I'm asking for more wishes. That's... Um. (laughs) Hmm. More genies. Let's see. More picks. Trade down. That was such that a cool answer. <laughs> when you were like sixth grade, that was like such a little like. I, well, Got first, you. I'd ask for a million wishes. <laughs> Remember oh, that episode of the Family Odd Parents the where Timmy yeah. Turner is like, "Wait, I want a lawyer," and the lawyer comes up with all the lists of qualifications. Oh the, yeah. The wishes. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one's very difficult for me. I'm going to go with Will Anderson, edge rusher, Alabama, because. He's my number one player in the draft, and therefore it would be nice. And it, I think it's actually, there's a maybe 20, 30% chance he's still there at number five if there's a big run on quarterbacks, which who knows. Um, but yeah, and if Jalen Carter potentially goes early or there's some indication that Tyree Wilson could go before Will Anderson. Um, yeah, Will Anderson to me fits the need for the Seahawks. He's a very good player. High floor, high ceiling, high character. Everything you kind of want. I mean, this is coming up 420. So there you go. Hi, right off the jump. Perfect. Whoa, is it 420? Oh, oh wow. Well, recording is April 19th, but yes, it's coming yes, up 420. Okay. Blaze it, Daniel. <laughs> hello, fellow kids. Hello. Yes. So, <laughs> hello, my fellow kids. So like you're at 10. If the Eagles could get anyone in the draft at 10 other than Will Anderson, who do you want? Jalen Carter which would have been my pick no matter who Danny Kelly took. And I was worried that Danny Kelly was going to take him. And I'm very happy that I get him. Uh, <laughs> firstly, the Eagles have a bigger need at defensive tackle than they do at edge rusher. I also rank Carter higher than I rank Will Anderson. I think that, that on field Carter is a, is a game wrecking talent, double digit sack from the interior and Dominican Sue Fletcher Cox. This is the guy uh, obviously off the field. There's, there's concerns and there's debates about him, but drew Rosenhaus, who, who is his agent, who was also on HBO recently, just like, talking about Jalen Carter. I didn't really understand <laughs> what was happening there. But anyway, he was he in favor that, or against Jalen Carter. Yeah, he's pretty pro Jalen Carter. Oh, he's like, you know oh, what I think is a good player? <laughs> Jalen Carter. He and my, my client. Yeah, cool, cool. An agent is, I mean, just a type of lawyer. It's like my lawyer says. It's yeah, not allowed right. to lie. The uh so Rosenhaus has said previously that that Carter they're not taking meetings with teams outside of the top ten because Jalen Carter's going to top ten. And right. I think that means that Rosenhaus and Carter are very confident that if they make it to like nine with the bears or 10 with the Eagles, that he'll go there. And so mine is not, mine is also reasonable just like DK's is. I think it could really happen. Uh, I heard Lance Zerling bring this up on the establish the run podcast the other day. The idea of the Eagles trading up to get Jalen Carter, which could happen. Mm -hmm. Howie Roseman Mm -hmm. is a go get your guy type of GM. Um, And part of the reason the Eagles make so much sense for him is number one, they're in a position to add like an elite talent and just take them over the top kind of deal. But number two, um, they have a couple of his former teammates, Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, already on the roster in terms of like mentorship and leadership and all that, like getting him onto a, a team with his friends who, and I, I believe Jordan Davis has been like a mentor to, uh, to him. And so I think that's like a big part of this too. Josh Norris at Underdog has done a good job bringing this up, but it's incredible that the Eagles wanted to sign Allen Robinson last year, and then the Rams just signed him instead, and they're like, fine, we'll just trade for A.J. Brown. Oh my and then gosh. That went back. It was a smokescreen. We were always going for A.J. Brown. Howie Roseman, GOAT GM. 
no one knows anything. So actually, Craig, you, Steelers, you can get anyone you want other um, than Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking about quarterback. Like, it crossed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Why not? Wow. What? Kenny Pickett would be a great backup. I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, to be honest, I don't know if I like any of the quarterbacks enough. I probably, I was thinking about saying Christian Gonzalez or something or like Devon Witherspoon, but I'm probably going to go with Peter Skaronsky because if I want Kenny Pickett to be good, a good offensive line is like the best way to know if a quarterback can actually play quarterback and not kill him. So I'm probably going to take Peter Skaronsky, the tackle out of Northwestern. I was just going to say, yeah, the Steelers seem like, like the word on the street is the Steelers are taking a tackle and they might trade up to do it. So Skaronsky is also not a pipe dream. So far, we've been very reasonable with our pipe dream <laughs> targets. All right. They all could very well happen. All right, for my second pick, I'd like a pony. Um, no, I would like Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. That's what I'm going with. I think the Seahawks need a number three receiver. Tyler Lockett is getting kind of old, and both him and DK Metcalf have gotten hurt in the past. And so having an extra guy to help put their defense over the top, and he'd be a perfect complement um, to both of those receivers. So love me some Jackson, Smith, and Jigba at number 20. I feel like um, Tom Hardy in Inception. It's like daring to dream a little bigger. It's like, I'm just going to give me Anthony Richardson on the Giants. Just let him sit by Daniel Jones. Something like, I don't know. They'll work it out. I was just very tempted to say. No Anthony better Richardson. player to learn behind than Daniel Jones. <laughs> Dude, he learned from the best. Like, here's the thing. Daniel Jones learned from Eli, the greatest quarterback in NFL history. <laughs> and then Daniel Jones learned from Eli. And then Anthony Richardson can learn from Daniel Jones. And that's the lineage. Yeah. It's like, you know, Aristotle. You just watch Daniel Jones read through a progression, get to his check down, dump it <laughs> off. Mm-hmm. And then Brian Dable turns to Richardson and goes, yeah, so don't do that. That's yeah. the example of what we want you to avoid doing. This is great. Thank you, Daniel Jones, for being a demonstration. He also wouldn't learn from Daniel Jones because he would just start over him immediately. Where the smoothies are. <laughs> learn, learn, learn a lot about the, the cafeteria lady who gives out generous scoops of, 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 uh, of, of, of food. It's a, it's a good learning process. You guys are just some jealous the Giants out of the two fastest. He could learn how to have like a, a confused look of a third grader after a, an incomplete pass. <laughs> he could learn how to do that. Just on the sideline, Daniel Jones being like, this is the fastest way to turn on the Microsoft Surface tablet. Just bang, there it is. <laughs> yeah, why does Daniel Jones get all of Eli's dumb looks too? It's kind of incredible. Um, all right, anyway, next one we got here from Andrew. 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 Andy. 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 I like assuming nicknames for these people. Andy. Me too. I find I, find I have great power <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> I'm a little confused by the Bryce Young criticisms I'm reading. Solak has described Bryce Young as being so tiny that it would be an almost unprecedented occurrence in the history of the NFL for Bryce Young to be successful. Bryce Young's arm strength is unimpressive. His accuracy suffers as a result of poor arm strength. Bryce Young's play style makes him injury prone. So I have to ask, isn't unimpressive arm strength, flaky accuracy, and being injury prone and unacceptably small just the profile of a bad quarterback? Why is Bryce Young a first rounder? Solak. So, yes, but <laughs> those things, like those things, aren't counted. We're double counting those things, right? Like, uh, all of those things are true of Young, but they all circle back to the same thing, which is his height. Right, like your durability concerns because of how small and how slight he is. His arm strength issues are because of he's not a super big guy, so he just doesn't have a ton of power in his arm. And then he's on his tiptoes sometimes, so his heels aren't in the ground, so he doesn't get a ton of power from the ground. Right, and like so, so all this stuff that we're talking about is the result of his size. And so you don't want to double count these things. You're just like, all right, this is the play style he's destined for because of his size. However, if like I, I come back in the future, I tell you Bryce Young is successful. He's successful in the NFL because he is 
unimaginably gifted outside of structure against pressure, like in tight areas. Like he's, he's so, he's so quick. He's so springy. He's so wily. Like he's, he's just an unbelievable manipulator of space. He manipulates coverage really well. Cause he understands how space works. He knows how to, how to pace the ball, how to time the ball. And he is generally accurate. Like he has instances in which like he has accuracy drain, which I think are the result of his frame, but in general he is accurate. And so all of that, like that play style that he's, he's been forced to play into while it does have weaknesses. It has also developed unique strengths to his game. He is so good off script because he is off script so often because of, of his size. Right. And so like, like we should frame it this way for young to have been successful at Alabama at his size with his issues is already impressive is already fighting against the grain is already being an outlier and succeeding despite a lack of size. That's not guaranteeing he's going to do it again at the next level, but it's to say that like he, he made this point. He was on, um, I think it was on with Stephen A. Smith on ESPN, where uh, Stephen A. asked him about like the, the criticisms you get because of your size. And he was like, those are fair criticisms. Like I get them. It makes sense. I've just been hearing them for forever and also been very good at football. So I don't really care. <laughs> like I, that, that I've, that's yeah. what I hear that since high school and we're, we're, we're chilling. And so it, it, for me, it's a lot more descriptive. Like when I break down Bryce Young's, uh, film like i did for the ringer youtube uh for me it's a lot more descriptive like i want people to understand when we say short quarterback like there's more ways this impacts the game than just like oh you can't see over the line like there's a lot of stuff that comes from that however bryce young's very good and so it's just are you willing to take this gamble dk do you have any thoughts on bryce young that joe burrow with the mario poison mushroom minimized (laughs) uh i i prefer the stunted 11 year old gymnast, but that's fine. Um, you like the yeah. real world comparison there. Make it real. <laughs> yeah. No, just I, make it dark. No, that I movie the, wouldn't have made as much of the box office. If Mario was a stunted gymnast, probably not. And it was live action. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> no, I think the question though, like it makes sense, but at the same time, you, you were capturing some of the negatives and there's a big picture positives and negatives. And we're going to always like in this, you know, business or whatever, we're going to pick apart some of these guys, that's part of the deal. You That's get just the, pros the business, and the cons. baby. <laughs> um, so I think, yes, if you only list the unimpressive arm strength, flaky accuracy, injury prone, unacceptably small, like, yeah, that looks bad. But he also has incredible, incredible playmaking, off, off script stuff. Everything you hear about him is he's an A-plus person. And Ben, as you listed off, like, the things that he's good at, the thing I was just thinking is, like, this is what... This is how you describe like every great quarterback in the NFL. It's like super fast processing, mm-hmm. like vision. And then I'll add into that, like all the work ethic things that you're hearing about him. Like he's an incredible leader, all these things. And like, those are the things that actually matter the most. We can nitpick some of the stuff that is a concern and it might be a real concern. It might inhibit his ceiling, but at the same time, like he has incredibly good attributes too. We got a question actually from Ewan in Stuttgart, Germany. Ewan. 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 Oh, you and hey guys, do you think the Texans pass on CJ Stroud because he has the same <laughs> agent as Deshaun Watson? Seems more like an NBA kind of thing, but I can't shake the feeling that that matters. And if yes, like if yes, the Texans pass on Stroud, would they take Anthony Richardson or Will Levis? Signed, a very concerned Texans fan. I personally do actually think that that's part of it. I don't know if yeah. that's the entire thing. I do think that that situation in Texas in Houston got so uh, bitter that that would be part of it. But also I think a bunch of teams might pass on CJ Stroud. DK, you did your mock. You have the, you have Stroud going in this draft. Actually the Texans passing on him and the Raiders trading up at three. Mm -hmm. So do you think the Texans are just going to pass on a quarterback altogether? Well, I think it's possible. That's the big, 
bit of like that's the rumors right now that is they're considering that they're they'd maybe rather take CJ or uh or Will Anderson or whoever at the at the number two pick and then maybe use their 12th overall pick to get a quarterback. I think it's certainly within the realm of possibility. And when it comes to CJ Stroud specifically with his agent, I kind of go back and forth about it because at, on one level, it's like you can't just ignore one of these super agents. He's going to have a lot of clients and you can't just like not work with him ever. That being said, for a quarterback, maybe like that might be a deal breaker for this quarterback in this particular situation where we're like, yeah, we really hated working with you in this in this previous you know situation especially when it comes to quarterback who is by far the most important person on the football team and so i could see in reality like again we're all human beings like you could see them being like no we're not gonna we're not gonna take him because we just don't want to deal with this guy does deshaun have the same agent that he did or did that agent drop him and he found a new one no he had david muligetta so uh, he's had him the whole time. time got it I feel like Stroud's falling in general, though, not just with Houston. Like Stroud, I falling. This is the I, this is the classic draft. Well, that's like, the thing. I, when I say falling, to be clear, thing. there's you could also argue there's no such thing as falling in drafts. It's kind of like teams think what they think, and then we just kind of catch up, and it's a slingshot effect. Yeah. But at the same time, there there's just a bunch of weird stuff. He's getting great interviews, and then like the um, Brady Quinn was just saying that he goes to the Manning Passing Academy, and there's just all this weird stuff. And yeah. part of me is like. I don't know, maybe the Raiders are just putting that stuff out there so they get C.J. Stroud. I don't know what to make of it, but right. I'm more willing to believe that Stroud isn't in the top I think Stroud is definitely is falling in the sense that a month ago when the Panthers traded up for first overall, they thought they were going to take him, and now they're going to take somebody else. I think it's on us. <laughs> so to, like, literally think, not number one. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a sense of like, oh, if he doesn't go one, he'll go two. And again, like we never, we never had that. Like that was never something that was like like dialed in. And then, okay, well, then maybe, okay, four to the Colts. And then it's like, well, it seems like the Colts might like another guy. And that's the thing with, like, the agent conversation. I think if Stroud were very clearly the best quarterback option, the Texans would swallow the pill on the agent, and they would just take the guy. I don't think he is to the the Texans. I don't think he is to a few teams, right? And that's why you see a, a Stroud fall. He fell out of one, and now it's just like he's tumbling until he finds a new home. I still think he goes, like, top seven. Yeah, but I don't think he's QB two. I think he's QB three at the earliest. It's all relative. He's not gonna. He's not gonna have a huge tumble down the board. Probably. My real question is, how does a man Ewan from Germany become a Houston Texans fan? <laughs> I was yeah. wondering. That Why as did well. you choose this? Is it because they were the most recent expansion team, and he was like, "I'll just pick them." Ewan, let us know. Respond to to the, our email. I, I I would love to know how uh, you became a Texans fan. Maybe right, so those Texas. are the biggest questions that really are in the draft. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, why did you and become a Texans fan? Those are the big three. The medium <laughs> questions, we got one from Ben. Ben. Benny. Ben. What do the Benjamin? Bears do at 73? I'm genuinely 100% fascinated by what the Bears do at 73. <laughs> this, was, this is a question from the last pod where we are prompting for questions. Can we make you, let's make both of you make a pick right now. And if you're right, then... Something great will happen to you. I don't know what it is. Ooh, you get a prize. Is, a genie will grant you a wish. Yeah, it's like a fortune. Mm. Hi, Fitz, real quick, while we're thinking about it, can you give us the team needs for the Bears? And don't say everything because I know that's sort of true, but like give us a few well, specific I, examples. I don't need I I know I don't need the team needs. I don't want the team needs. I have I've decided. I figured wow, it out. Flex. No problem. Okay. I know who it is. Guess I'll go fuck They'll myself. Take. <laughs> <laughs> sorry go ahead <laughs> I didn't hear you said you said I'll just go fuck I said, myself sorry I'll go fuck myself I guess okay yeah I just wanted to make sure 
Okay. They are going to take, and I'm positive about this, you can take this to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the, of the tackle out of Maryland? <laughs> Jalen Duncan. Jalen Duncan. They're taking Jalen Duncan. No problem. Lock it in. <laughs> 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 this question's going swimming. Yaya yeah, yeah, Diaby, Louisville. No, so they need they need line. Oh, I actually thought of that, Heifetz. That's oh, a good wow, one. I'm go. going with that one. Habakkuk Baldonado. There we go. I do actually think the Bears just need linemen because like Isaiah McGuire, fields, Missouri. Who? Isaiah McGuire, Missouri. Oh, there you go. The Bears, they're keeping fields for the year. They just traded a first and second round pick to acquire wide receivers and their first two picks last year were DBs. So it's like, just go get trenches. These side linebackers and free agency. Just yeah. go get offensive and defensive linemen just until the draft ends. Uh, should we do the, all the Bears picks? 90, 130? Do you want to just run through them all? Well, or, I was gonna everybody say, knows that 130 <laughs> is going to be Ventral Miller. So that's exactly. just a waste of a question. Right. Next up here, we got Joe and Hackensack. Joe. Wait, where? Joe. Joe. Hackensack. Jersey. Where's where's that? Okay, gotcha. Hey, Joe. It feels like all draft season we talk about is needs and fits, but some of the draft picks that are best are when a team ignores their need and just builds a strength on an existing strength, like Randy Moss to the Vikings. Do you have a few great strength-on-strength fits for this draft class? I The ones that immediately came to my mind were the Bengals taking a tight end where it's like they would have Joe Burrow throwing to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and like Michael Mayer. That just seems insane. And then the, the, I don't know if this is actually going to happen, obviously, but the idea that the Steelers would trade up to go get Jalen Carter out of Georgia and just like put Jalen Carter next to Cam Hayward and TJ Watt was like, I thought about that for like three minutes daydreaming. DK, is there anything that sticks out to you of a team that has a chance to add a strength on top of an existing strength? The team that kind of comes to mind for this one is like the Lions, if they because they have two first round picks. If they go offense, offense, and just continue to build the crap out of that offense and grab like a tight end and a receiver or something like that, that to me, sounds like something that might be fun, even though people aren't really putting that in mock drafts. But, you know, adding a... Str- like, their offense is already ascending. One of the brightest young play callers in the NFL. You know, Jared Goff is somewhat good now, apparently. And just continue to add around him. I think that would be one that... The first thing that came to my mind for this. Yeah. I let Eagles to take any position, I think, counts. Yeah. They no fair. They a good football team, and they have the 10th <laughs> overall pick. Um, but especially offensive line, right? Where they tend to just draft guys every single year, offensive linemen. They've been connected to Peter Skaronsky. Like there's a very good chance they're drafting him and just like play guard and wait to play tackle once Lane Johnson retires. Like that's a huge strength on strength. Uh the Lions have been connected to Osiris Torrance, the guard out of Florida, which is another strength on strength. Just kind oh, of that's interesting. That offensive line. The the like you brought up the Bengals with with how how dangerous their pass catchers are. The spot to me where I could see a team just going like bananas on on wide receiver. Uh despite the fact that they're already good at wide receivers, the Niners, they had Jaden Reed in to visit this week, which I love Jaden Reed at Michigan state. Yeah. Debo, they have Brandon. They don't need receivers, but all the Niners have are third round picks. And the only good place in this draft to draft a receiver is the third round. It's and they're going to be so many small, unbelievable yards after the cash threats. And the Niners (laughs) can just go get whichever one they want and then just design touches for them and watch them hit home runs. It's like they took Danny Grant of SMU in the third round last year with kind of that theory in mind. And they always Mm -hmm. take these middle round receivers. And so the Niners are a a huge strength on strength team. They love to draft for strengths. So like you mentioned the Lions, and I think we probably owe it to everyone to remind that uh, last year you broke the news that the the Lions were going to trade up to the 12th pick for Jameson Williams. (laughs) And in the tweet... Where the, you broke this news, you, you spelled it loins. 
And uh, we actually yeah, you gotta, got an email. You, you got to do, do something to stand out in this space, Heifetz. You got to find a way to make a name for yourself. And I am the loins man. Ben, You're did you go back guy. and delete that tweet or is it still up there? No, I'm looking no, at it right still now. still up. I... I I got who the Lions traded up for 12 before anybody else did. All right. That's who he's staying up forever. I don't care about no loin. Well, you and didn't get who the Lions traded up for. You You got who the loins yeah. traded up for. But yeah. Also, the, the replies for that tweet are great. I'm pretty sure Roger Sherman, <laughs> our, our, our dear coworker, was the first one to hit with uh, this MFR said loins. <laughs> so the reason I bring it up, Doc Big Daddy Eric, and that is the person, emailed us. Doc Big Daddy. Doc. Doc. And he wanted us to know that the New York Times crossword puzzle today has the word loin in it. Ah. So shout out Ben Solak. It's awesome. Thank you. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. All right. It's from Ethan. Not, can we go Doc Big Daddy Ethan? Ethan. Doc Big Daddy Ethan. Ethan. <laughs> what are the odds that we see a real fall for the wide receivers in this year's draft, similar to the quarterbacks last year? Because similar arguments were made that we're hearing again for the quarterbacks last year. Well, well, they're not that great, but they're a valuable position. So teams are going to take them early. Doc, big daddy, Eric says, I understand that taking quarterback in the first or second round is Ethan. a commitment in a way that Ethan. taking yeah. a receiver is not. However, I can't help but wonder if wide receiver will be the position this year that comes off the board in an order and in rounds that are shocking in the moment, but make total sense a year from now. DK, what is your sense of that? Cause I feel like all these guys are flawed and also they're all small. And it feels like right. when we did the off brand name brand thing, it was like, Wow, the Kirkland brand version of this receiver in the fourth round is like just as good as the second rounder. So like, why are we going to take any of these guys in the first? It's not going to be as pronounced as the quarterback one last year where it was like, holy shit, these guys are all like, no one's taking a quarterback. No one, they're all refusing to take a quarterback. What the hell is going on? I don't think there's any, we're going to see anything like that, but I could, it's possible to see like one or only one or two receivers go in the first round. Like, I think that would not be that surprising. Um and then you see a bunch come off on day two because, like you said, there's just a lot of guys in this class. They're all are mostly pretty small. But I don't think, I, like, again, I don't see them falling super far because every year receiver is a, is a position that teams just, like, spam. There's more receivers and corners taken every year than, like, any other position. Um, and so, yeah, and I mean, if you look at, like, the way that teams construct their rosters, there's always, like, I don't know what it is, like, eight receivers, seven receivers on a team. How many? How what do you what would you say the average is these days, Ben? Like seven? I I I, I I I got very distracted. Kai just liked my Detroit Loins tweet. <laughs> it just, just I'm in the middle of this and I get notification <laughs> on my phone. Kai Grady has liked your tweet. Per source, the Loins have traded up to come overall for Alabama wide receiver James Williams. Classic. Which is no need for that guy. Unbelievable. That was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah, like seven, eight. Yeah, sure. <laughs> incredible it's never gonna answer my question i legitimately missed the question i spent the last 10 seconds ensuring this was actually happening let me recap to sum up tldr they are gonna fall maybe a little bit but not a lot because teams take tons of receivers every year in the draft like they're one of the most highly drafted positions there's just the volume of them is a lot so there's always gonna be teams that take them by the way the other thing that will add to this and and just big picture like receivers, despite all the like talk about receivers being skinny last year with Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson was like undersight, quote unquote, like skinny BMI, all that stuff. 
they still went top 10. Jalen Waddell went top 10. Devontae Smith went top 10. Teams are still valuing receiver a lot. Even if we don't like love this receiver class, I don't think they're going to fall as much as, I don't think that they hate the class as much as we think. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if we see fewer than two wide receivers in the first round. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Zay Flowers. I think we'll see three. Jordan Addison, Quinn Johnson, kind of in that next tier. Uh, so are they going to fall relative to like last year when five went in a row or whatever, like eight to 12? Yeah, but the class is just a little bit worse than it was last year. I'm very much on record of saying we'll never have a bad wide receiver class again. And I yeah. believe that like this is a fine wide receiver class. It's not bad. It's not as good relative to the last few years. So my tricky into saying it's bad, but it's not a bad class at all. There's like multiple starters in this class. There's just so many bodies at wide receiver that every year is going to be a couple first rounders. And sometimes they're going to be five and a couple of them going to be top 10. And some years are going to be their pick between 10 and 25. Last year, the, uh, the lions traded up for Jamison Williams. They traded up to number 12 to take Jamison Williams. He was coming off an ACL injury and he was like a one year, one year wonder. Not saying Jamison Williams is bad. I'm just saying like the NFL values receivers. This one, this next one is from Elena. Elena. Oh, I'm Elena. actually gonna start with Elena's PS, which is the postscript is my mom thinks that she invented the signs outside of grocery stores that say, Did you bring your reusable bags? question <laughs> mark. Because my mom wrote to her local supermarket many years ago that they should do you that. You can't claim to have invented a <laughs> sign that says a thing. That's just a sign. The I, maybe she started the trend. The, I, that's the thing. And on that note, we also got another one, the most tilted one I've ever... I actually got more frustrated reading this patent than anything I've ever read. <laughs> a guy... I'm sorry. I forget, I, I forget what your name is. I'm sorry. I apologize. But he emailed us. Someone invented the little blocks between uh, grocery store conveyor belts, like the thing you just grab and put between yeah. Yeah, your yeah. stuff and the other person's stuff. And it's like some guy just gives those to grocery stores for free and just sells the advertising space himself. Oh my God. And I Dang, literally just like genius. threw down what I was holding in anger. I'm like, how have we not figured something out like that? He just gives Ooh. them away. Can he make more money selling ads on those things while paying for the production of them rather than just selling them to grocery stores? I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, well, okay, let me ask you this. Name anything you've ever read on one of those ever. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I, I didn't even know they had ads. That's my thing. <laughs> yeah. Start, like, start selling this. This is how advertising stores. works. Anyway, Elena had a question about offensive linemen. Elena says, I have a question that feels very dumb, but no one has been able to give me a good answer when I've been asking around my entire life. The too long don't read is, what is the point of drafting guards when you could just draft tackles? <laughs> She's like, I get that guards and tackles have different roles, and more importantly, like guards and tackles have different body types. But my general understanding is it's harder to bump a guard to the outside than it is to bump a tackle to the inside. So why not just bring in someone that can probably play both and isn't limited by size? Just have big people. I mean, this I think this is something that teams say. <laughs> like that's why we see tackles so much more highly valued and make so much more money. But at the end of the day. Like there's only so many tackles, and then at some point you have to start dipping into the guards, and like ver like versatility is always more valuable. Yeah, and I would wager that every guard that comes out in the draft that's like a good guard probably played tackle at some point previously in his career. Right. Started like a yeah. high school tackle, and then they moved him into guard and at college. You know what I'm saying? So it's like all offensive linemen are tackles. And just how <laughs> how how recently did you get moved inside, and how much has your body type changed since then? Uh, center is probably different because you do want your centers to be a little bit smaller. 
Um, but like the tackle to guard thing, I think has has some veracity, and it's nice to have, especially as backups, guys who have experience with the ability to play both. Um, all with all that said, when Quentin Nelson came out, it, no one was like, like there was that actually, there was that conversation it was like, why is it this guy playing tackle? He should be playing tackle. So even like the top guard prospects, Zach Martin was a tackle, T.J. Lang was a tackle. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just everybody like yeah, all the money points to tackle, all the enthusiasm points to tackle. You want to have as many guys who can possibly play the role on your team at one time as you can. So just put yeah. a sign outside the front of the NFL buildings. It's like, did you bring your reusable tackle? <laughs> Good one. We got an email from. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I, I, all right, fine. It wasn't my best. Jesus. Anthony wrote an unhinged email about the Packers. Tony. Just, oh my. Just Tony was, Tony was, obsessed. I don't even want to read the whole thing. His Tone. point was like, is our front office even good? Love you, Tony. But um, there's a Devin Funches mention in here. There's a lot oh, going wow. on. I think I'm just going to start though with John Packers fans question, which is what is the best vibes pick for Green Bay? DK, you're the vibes <laughs> expert. First round receiver, probably. Love the vibes on that. Like a just fuck you to, to Aaron Rodgers on the way out. I mean, that's not a very good vibes pick for maybe for the actual Packers, but for us, it is a good vibes pick. Well, that was also Anthony's question, which is now like <laughs> if we ignore Aaron Rodgers exist, will they draft offense or not? And I actually think they will. And it's going to sound to us like, oh, they're just trolling Rodgers, but they're like, no, we had Rodgers and everyone put around him will be good. So let's just make sure we have great defense and go win a Super Bowl. And I actually think the Packers, I mean, they were really close. Like they ran out of cornerbacks in the NFC Championship game and lost. But yeah. like, I mean, we'll, also were like really close to winning and we would never talk about that stuff. This was like one of the most obvious points too, but you know, like we talk about organizational um, habits and sort of like philosophies and stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, the big thing is the Packers just don't take first round receivers. But they've also had Hall of Fame quarterbacks for like the past 35 years or whatever it is. Like they can just make do with second round receivers. They're not like every other team because they've got a Hall of Fame quarterback and they lucked into having back to back guys that could just like continue to play at that level. So, yeah, I mean, I think like when we talk about the Packers just never drafting a receiver in the first round, like maybe that changes this year because now they have Jordan Love and they need to build around him. I, to me, like, you know, the Aaron Rodgers drama notwithstanding team has very good veteran quarterback does not need to invest in early wide receiver picks because their passing offense will be good no matter what because their great veteran quarterback is awesome is now transitioning to team that is starting a quarterback for the first year and he probably needs as much help as he can get and we don't have a lot of good pass catchers like for as funny as it'll be if and when the Packers take Jack Smith and Jigba or Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid or whomever I I do also think like there's legit veracity to the approach that's Mm -hmm. not 100% 100% just screw you, Aaron Rodgers, even though <laughs> that'll be what I feel when the pick right. is made. We got Luke from Minnesota. Luke. Luke. Ah, uh, Luke. We watched a lot of Gilmore Girls recently, so like, I'm just Luke. I, I have an image in my mind. Uh, Luke says he has a medium question, not a big question, but um, mm. he's writing about which player do you think has the biggest chance of making a fan, like a fantasy player has the biggest chance of making a huge jump based on where they land. So not necessarily like a Bajon Robinson or Anthony Richardson, but like who's an offensive player that you're like, if they land in the right spot, could... Wheels up. Yes. DK. Yeah. Um, I thought about this for a while. There's so many different potential answers, but the first guy that came to mind is Hendon Hooker. If he lands in a place where he's going to be a starter very soon and he's taken in the first round, I think his value is going to jump pretty massively. Right up there to like near Will Levis, potentially, in terms of like rookie drafts. Um, right now, I think he's going typically in the mock in the drafts I've done and the mock drafts I'm doing. He's like first, second turn in Superflex League. So like, 
either late first or somewhere in the middle or in the early part of the second round because people don't know if he's going to be a second round pick or a first round pick. But like first round quarterback immediately has value. They tend to hold that value. And so I could see him making a pretty significant jump up. Darnell Washington. Another great one. <laughs> this to me is, is this is the first name that came to mind right away, especially because it's dynasty. Because I don't think Washington's going to be producing super well early on his career, no matter what. But if he gets drafted, because if he gets drafted to be a tight end two, and like, oh, we use him for his blocking, you're screwed. If he gets drafted somewhere where he has the chance to be a tight end one, he's going to be on the field a ton because of the run blocking. He's so good after the catch. He's a great touchdown threat. Like Washington is absolutely like if he lands somewhere where he's going to get volume. Awesome stash. Okay. We got one. We got another question here. This is from Craig. Craig. This is actually from me. This is, oh, this is actually from me. Dead okay. serious. I am the person asking this question. Okay. Here's mm. my question for you guys, for Ben and DK and Heifetz too. Oh, you are? Yeah. So, wait, you guys didn't give me a nickname for Craig. 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 Oh, my nickname. Craig. Craig. Can't make, a, make, can't make a Tom love without breaking some Craig. C-Reg. Oh, that was bad. Okay. <laughs> there are so many tight ends in the last 10 years that have changed the dynamic of a team, right? Like your Travis Kelsey's, your your George Kittles, Gronk, obviously, taught, you know, whatever you want to say. And those are the players that teams are, that, that fans are most scared of, right? Oh, it's like, oh, great. We're playing the Chiefs. Like Travis Kelsey's going to tear us apart. Oh, Gronkowski, he's going to tear, like we can't stop Gronkowski. It seems that when a tight end is right, when it hits right, it's like even more dominant than a receiver can be because of the way you can use them on the field and make player, uh, who, who has to guard them. So explain to me why tight ends, when a tight end is really good, like this Michael Mayer guy, like why aren't teams clamoring to get tight ends in like the top 10 or top 15 if they have the possibility of being fucking Travis Kelsey, who's probably more important than any other than any wide receiver? Like why are people taking Jackson Smith and Jigba over a Michael Mayer? I have an immediate answer to that, which is all those guys that were great got drafted like late, like Travis Kelsey. Oh, I know that, but, like, but if you Brown, think a guy well, is really good, know. why aren't you going it's, for it? I think the short answer is that it's not a linear growth because they have to learn two jobs. They have to learn how to get open at an NFL level and they also have to learn how to block. And so it's slow. And so it's hard to predict who's good. And that's why all the great tight ends of the last 20 years have not really been first round picks. Why but are we so bad at scouting you- tight ends then? Yeah. So that I think is the, is, is, is the, the real question. I would maybe like a slight edit. Why are we so bad at scouting and developing tight ends? Uh, because like Heifetz said, like, it's a it's a difficult position to bring along because you fill so many roles. You have to know the whole playbook. You have to line up at Y one play and then line up at F the next play, which is like a huge difference in terms of like where you line up and what routes you run and so on and so forth. Uh, teams did try is what I would say. Like TJ Hawkinson was a top yeah. 10 pick. Kyle Pitts was a top five pick, right? And like, I don't even think like you can say like, oh, they missed on Pitts just yet. Like I think Pitts stole a chance to be a really, really good player. I don't know if we're ever going to reach the point where he was, was worth four overall, right? I, 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 that shit might have already sailed in, in, in that sense. Uh, so I think teams did try, and, and and I definitely think that there was a a surge of like tight end valuation of like, oh, you can run a passing game with these guys; they can get a hundred plus targets. But we have not successfully caught up to that in terms of our scouting of these players and then our development of these players critically. And that's why, right, like. Kelsey late round pick, Mark Andrews late round pick, uh, Gronk late round pick. Like, Kittle was like third round, right? Yeah, Kittle, think, Kittle, Kittle, Kittle's fifth round. Kittle was fifth right. round. The development's like, a great point yeah. because it's not an accident that Gronk became the greatest blocking tight end. Like his coach was Dante Skarnecki, who like offensive line, like that's the best offensive line coach of the 21st century. And then you've also got Kelsey coming up mm-hmm. under Andy Reid. 
where it's like, you know, right. I think that's, and a really that's good point that would like. be the last thing I would say would be when we start to highlight development. One of the questions that we should ask is like, how does the coach use the tight end? Uh, right. It's harder than it seems to run a passing offense through the tight end position. You have to kind of sell out for it. You have to kind of like really, really, really prioritize it. And that can be challenging, right? Like Shanahan has figured out how to use Kittle really, really well, but he doesn't sell out for Kittle to be a feature of his passing game. Like that's, he has Debo and Ayuk, right? Reed obviously does it excellently. Doug Peterson did a tremendous job of it when he was in Philadelphia. Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. And then with Evan Ingram, Ingram had the best season of his career. Ingram finally looked like he was worth a first round pick when he was with Doug. Like getting a, a, a tight end to really be that feature guy in the passing game is actually kind of challenging. And if you don't know how to do it as an offensive coach, you're just kind of used to using them on the same underneath routes and the same check down stuff and the same three trick plays and then leave them in line. Like you're just always going to get Hayden Hurst's. You can get yeah. guys you're drafting in the first round or any steady players who aren't actually needle movers. So a tight end position is still very much a riddle that the NFL has not as a, to- as a, as a total league figured out. Yeah. Maybe hey. it's like a chicken or the egg thing because all the best teams from the, all the teams that win the Super Bowl, most of the time they have like an elite tight end. I mean, obviously like Brady had Gronk and you have Kelsey, but like breeze was really good with Jimmy Graham and like, you know, Tony Romo, when they were really good, he had Jason Witten. And even when the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2016, like the Ertz was really good that year. It, it just always seems like the teams that are winning the Super Bowl have a really fucking good tight end. I think the oversimplification of it that I kind of had a light bulb moment like last year was who would you rather throw to, Craig? The guy who runs 4 3 or the guy who runs 4 7? Yeah, but the guy who runs 4 7, what if he's 6 6 and incredibly athletic? Yeah, but what if the guy who is. Runs four three is six six, <laughs> like I don't know, like six four. Like I think to me, it's like the way that you're just the describing NFL, DK Metcalf. <laughs> the way the NFL runs its offense through the receivers these days, and like there's way more three receiver sets. Like obviously it's cyclical, and things are going to go back and forth, and teams are going to use more two tight end sets at certain times. But like the massive oversimplification of it is like these little shifty, speedy, explosive guys get open easier than the big lumbering tight ends. You know what I mean? Obviously, even like the best and most athletic tight ends, you have to kind of scheme them up to get open a little bit, like, or at least, um, you know, give them the opportunity to get lined up against like a linebacker. And then are these guys your number one option in an offense? Like with, with Travis Kelsey, he's been either the one B or number one off option in this offense for years next to, you know, Tyreek or last year, he was just the number one guy. Um, and he has to be a very special player to be the number one option in a, in a wide receiver heavy league. So I think it's, it's, you have to find someone that's very special. You have to find a coach that knows how to use them. And then you have to find a quarterback that's willing to throw to that, to that tight end. I also think this is the next big change in the NFL, like the next wave of where it's going. Like I keep watching the NBA and it's like all these seven footers shooting threes. It's kind of incomprehensible. Joel Embiid shoots threes at a, he makes them at a better rate than Michael Jordan. Like Jokic, this <laughs> is crazy. Jokic is more assists per game this season than like Jason Kidd did in his career. And Jason Kidd is second in assists. It's like, yes, (laughs) but like it's the, the, these bigger guys have gotten more skilled and you know, call them unicorns. And I think that that is where tight end is going to go to your point, Craig, where it's like, you look at Darnell Washington, like, Oh, blocking tight ends. They're just going to be guys that could have played tackle 20 years ago. Like right now, Trent Williams is probably the best left tackle in football today might just be a tight end. And I think that's those kinds of athletes going forward are going to be more common, like guys who could have been tackles trained as tight ends. And then more guys like Brock Bowers, who's at Georgia and going to be probably the best tight end next year, who takes handoffs for 75 yard touchdowns and can line up basically anywhere. And I think that those are going to be um, 
I, I kind of think that might be the next wave, but tight ends are cool. It is. It's a very fascinating question, Craig. Like, I'm trying to figure... So, like, I don't think that Mike Kosicki yeah. is, like, this amazing, incredible player, but, like, it was a little bit weird that, like, the Dolphins just didn't want to utilize him at all. He's, like, this six-foot-six guy who's super athletic. He, he's got a massive catch radius. But they have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, so they'd way rather throw to those guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... That, not He's not the greatest example, but, like, just in general, tight ends, it feels like they're better utilized as like a third option in an offense with so many teams having good like two good receivers I don't know yeah I guess it's like does the team make the tight end or does the tight end make the team and it sounds like it's the team makes the tight end I yeah. really wish you hadn't told us that you asked this question Craig because if you didn't I would have been like this is an awesome question I love getting questions like this from <laughs> listeners and then you could have been like it was me but now that I know it was you I'm not saying any of that okay that's fair alright we have something much more important to talk about got an email from right. Shelly actually it's Shelly Borelli Shelly Borelli. Uh, Borelli. Love that name. <laughs> she says, uh, I work at Lululemon in the Bay Area. And in December, Same. I met Brock Purdy. Oh, no. Where's this going? <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's uh, like, I'm now to... in love with him. And I follow him around the country. And I can't stop thinking about him. I find it very reprehensible that you think he's not going to win seven Super Bowls. Uh, Shelly says, after his second game, none of my coworkers believed that he was a quarterback because he looked he was so normal looking. And I thought I had to tell you guys this because you guys keep talking about quarterback size. And I swear to God, he was so small and I am only five foot five. And if you're wondering, if you go to the lake, there is a photo of her and all the uh, her coworkers who work at Lululemon with Brock Purdy. And yeah, he does not look like a. (laughs) So sweet. He does just look like a guy. So Craig and I had this like week long bit at the Super Bowl where every time we saw an NFL player, we're like, eh, not that big. He's kind of like a normal looking guy. We saw yeah, Kirk Cousins. My, my, we're just like, eh, it's not my that takeaway. Like I saw Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I was like, eh. <laughs> so we can relate. I, you know, Kirk Cousins has made like five hundred million dollars in his career. Not that big. He's just like whatever. <laughs> it's like my size. Yeah. <laughs> I asked Shelly what did Brock Purdy purchase at Lululemon, and we did not get a response. So is that is that is that withheld? Is that legal? We can't know what Brock's buying. I think it's HIPAA. That's that's HIPAA, as Dak Prescott would say. Okay, so wait, but this was after his second game. Did they recognize Brock Purdy on site after his second game? I don't think I would recognize him. Did he put Brock Purdy in a lineup? He introduced himself. Brock Purdy, quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) San Francisco 49ers. I promise. You can look it up. (laughs) Google it. Play on YouTube. I just played the box. He's like Ron Burgundy at that party. He's like, many leather bound books. He bought one pair of leggings and they were sold. They're like, I would rather be with him than Tom Brady. So, like, I have some bad news. Uh Okay. You've made a mistake, and we have to issue a correction. And a lot of people from Pennsylvania are very mad at you. In our most recent episode, I did did, did see this. I got tweeted about this. I'm very upset. In our most recent episode, we did two jargons of the live for Pennsylvania town names. And it was between where are they? Intercourse, Blue Ball, and uh, Bird in Hand. Mm -hmm. And Solak, in his eagerness to leap to conclusion, was like, Bird in Hand's the lie. Turns out they were all real. (laughs) <laughs> and we no, accepted no, 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 I, knew, word. I, I knew Burton Hand was real. Blue oh, then Blue Ball was real. Yeah, so so intercourse and Burton Hand, I knew immediately. And so I was like, oh, Blue Ball is fake. I didn't realize we were getting got, and somebody gave three real ones. Mm. I, was, I was cheesed. I was had. So wait, Blue Ball is real? Yeah. So yes. we were all right. All right. Yeah, we were lied to. But anyway, the point is, <laughs> uh, a lot of people in Lancaster County, very upset with us. Luckily, a lot of the people in these towns are Amish, so I don't think they'll be emailing us. 
can say they're um, big podcast correct. people. Also, yeah. but, correct pronunciation of Lancaster. Well done. Lancaster. Yeah, that's that's it's how you not know I've been in the past. No, it's the only way you get that right is if <laughs> someone from there has told you you're wrong. Lancaster. Uh, I, I'm very impressed, Heifetz. Thank you. Uh, but Connor emails in to say there's another town that borders intercourse called said Paradise. A, a nether town? There's another town near intercourse called Paradise. And the joke is that you have to travel through intercourse to get to Paradise. Oh, <laughs> it's a banger. Sex joke. Nice. <laughs> it's loins guy. Yo, what is with my phone? This is God damn it. I, who's I calling you? I don't know. It's like I mean, you and don't know. you know is in this Zoom call right now. Heifetz, by the way, That's... for the record, Heifetz admonishes Craig and I because he's like mad at us for and Ben for like looking on Twitter and stuff on during the show. And Heifetz is the only one whose phone ever makes noise during the show. I will say. No, I'm not looking at it. You which is which like is really funny checking because your mentions on Twitter. You know what's funny about that is I texted Heifetz during this show to say, "Hey, I just thought of a question. Throw to me uh, as a, as if I'm a, a mailbag submitter." And it says, "Danny Heifetz has notifications silenced in our text." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And yet well, you get phone calls. Phone. He just says you block. I am also confused by that. Interesting. Hmm. Heifetz is, I want everybody at home to know that Heifetz is impossible to reach. You don't know. Yo, stop it. You guys, you text. I'm just like, if I have a question for Danny Heifetz, he's like, I don't use Slack on my computer. Oh, I don't use texting on my computer. And I'm like, okay, well then how can we contact you? Uh, Well, originally we have a work communication called Slack that we use. And then you guys were like, actually, I just want to text from my computer. And so then you shame me at putting text on my computer. And then you guys like went back to Slack. And I was like, dude, this is, it's hard to keep track of. Wait, there's a whole Th- thing. There's two options, have. and neither of them work, though, Heifetz, is the point. <laughs> Choose email. one. It's, he was Choose emailing with, the Lulu, with, with Shelly, the Lululemon employee. Yeah, I guess I got to email I mean, Heifetz when I have a yeah. question for him. <laughs> like, hey, this is a mailbag question. And it's I just crazy, like, hey, can I have your audio for the show, please? <laughs> well, apparently you can hey, just man, call would me. Would you mind starting 15 minutes through. early tomorrow? I, I got to email him that now? Unbelievable. <laughs> Heifetz just lives in a sensory deprivation tank in between recordings. He just sits there. <laughs> he hates us so much right now. <laughs> yeah, I can see him being physically upset. I will never forget DK lobbying for like six weeks for us to switch the texts and then slacking me. Like I'll literally never, I'll never. Because I couldn't get a hold of you via You wouldn't text. respond to the texts. Because you're like, I don't have it on my computer and I turn my phone off during recordings. I turn my notifications off during the... Re- uh, you know what? Whatever. I have. Ironically, it's so my phone doesn't make noise, but that isn't working. All right. We have other emails. Damn it. Uh, we got a... We got, someone has a jargon suggestion or do you want an update? Well, if I say it like this, it's going to be obvious. We also got an update on sex and space. I mean... Okay. Nice. But I guess that's like way, way more interesting. So I would anyway, like to we're know talking about that. We were talking about Astroglide and then Astroglide is this lube that was invented by a NASA scientist. And we're like, how did you take that home to like test it? That seems interesting. But anyway, we're like, has anyone ever had sex in space? So here's the thing. It's actually really interesting. A guy who was a NASA intern like 20 years ago stole a safe with moon rocks in it. Oh, wow. And this is I'm reading. Rob came up with a plan to steal 101 grams of moon rocks, valued at more than $20 million so that he could literally give his girlfriend the moon. (laughs) Which sounds really romantic well, until the next sentence, which is he also wanted to lay the lunar samples out in a bed and have sex on the moon. I mean, who is doesn't? that literally yeah. giving your girlfriend the moon? The first one. Can I send you then, some? 
Right. No, I'm saying if I send you, if I, if I FedEx you some dirt from Michigan, do you now legally, are you the governor? Like, I don't think that's, I, I don't find that compelling. I'd be like, this isn't the whole moon. You'd be, you'd be unsatisfied that you didn't get the whole moon. <laughs> well, I just like, I want to give you he the moon. He doesn't own the moon Here, now. This is the thing. Here's a I'm, rock that just looks like a regular rock. I'm ben, like, you okay. can kind of say it. Who's going to stop you? Like, what are they going to do? The why did he need, the to, why did he this, need this to steal the, 101 grams of moon rocks, not just like one gram? Well, I think he had to steal the whole safe because he didn't have the combo. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. Oh, so sorry, sorry. Was not that so much. like being unimpressed with the amount of moon is like, I think the last thing I was thinking about when we were talking about this. Like, you're not impressed with the I'm amount. Saying, Can I, you, I, you're like, that's not enough moon for me. I think, I think the moon like if you frame it as like hey like this is a moon rock i got a few like oh cool if it's like i love you so much i want to give you the moon here it is you pull it out of your pocket i'd be like that it's bigger it's up there <laughs> it's still up there man i committed four <laughs> felonies to do this <laughs> that i would appreciate that's very romantic there's nothing more romantic than a crime <laughs> what, what? <laughs> there's nothing more romantic i think than i'd be impressed if i got 100 grams of the moon I'd be like, how much you Craig, you're just, is? Whatever, you're it's just like a pound? Impressed. I don't know. Half a pound? A how much thing? is 100 grams? It's decisively not a pound. <laughs> half a pound? How many, how many pounds is it? 100 so grams. One kilogram is, 2.2 uh, uh, 2 kilograms is a pound. So one kilogram is less than half of a pound. This is a tenth of one kilogram. So this is a tenth, this is like, this is like 4% of a pound. Uh, no, it's <laughs> 0.2 pounds. Uh, it's like a you're fifth. Wrong. Yeah, it's a fifth of a pound. That's not that much. Okay, close than. enough. No, 4% of a pound versus a fifth of a pound? I was doing it off the dome. <laughs> Still wrong. The, <laughs> wait, I have a question. Uh, what does know? this have to do with the Astroglide? Oh, we were asking if someone had ever had sex in space. And so this guy's like, actually, this guy was like, I wanted to have sex, he had on, sex the on the moon. rock. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's gotcha. like how people like to have sex on money. Like they lay money out on the bed, which has always grossed me out. Sex on money has always grossed you out. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, the ew, last ew, thing I want is like ew, let me let me I'm gonna put on to a me. condom to protect yes. myself from STDs, but then I'm gonna lay over money that millions of people have touched <laughs> naked. <laughs> millions of people have touched it naked. Oh, I see it laying I'm on a comma naked. naked. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't understand the appeal there. <laughs> I so likes quiet. I'm wondering if he's you know done this with you know just a bunch of hundred dollar bills <laughs> the money yeah a hundred percent you can read into my personality disposition and assume he just said crimes are romantic so of course <laughs> he's done this I, he robbed a bank and then had sex on the money <laughs> you know we somehow went the entire year without ever talking about that chiefs fan who would rob banks on the way to chiefs games to pay for his habit but wore the ga- the mask he wore at games to the bank robberies that's the, how is that not like a netflix show or a Netflix That's true crime. You guys hear he's on the lam. He's he went he he skipped bail and he's like missing. That's I don't know. So they might have caught crazy. him. By Netflix. Now. Let's produce something. That is that is the most quintessential Netflix true crime doc that is popular for like Seriously. six days. <laughs> like makes the Super Bowl and gets arrested and it's like worth Craig, it. Craig, what was the one with the tigers? Tiger King. Tiger King. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. Better. How is it like that? I don't know. It's a Netflix in doc sense that's that it's popular like a, for six like days. Like a flavor of the month true crime yeah, doc. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yes. It's the, a great way to ensure that you're not devastated by your team losing. <laughs> you rob a bank before a game. The stakes of the game really have got to feel nominal at best. Playing with house oh, money, I lost the last second of the bills. Yeah. Well, 
that's tough. But the main thing I was doing today went well. I love that. <laughs> all right. Uh, lastly here, um, we were talking about Trader Joe's and how all the people at Trader Joe's are really happy, but they kind of seem like sometimes like they're happy at gunpoint. Yeah, they're all like robots. Uh, we got an email from Jose who says, I'm a former employee at Trader Jose? Joe's and I was fired for not being excited enough to help people. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, oh, no, that's not fair. This is insane. Sorry, Jose. And he was that like, sucks. you have to uh, tell them about the new items we have and how amazing each thing is. And he struggled with this. He's like, I'm very introverted. Uh, and I was eventually fired because I was too quiet and quote, a black hole of emotions, end quote, which I thought was a bit too far. <laughs> I just wanted to stock stuff on the shelves and let people be. Wait, they... <laughs> They told him verbatim that he was a black hole of emotions. Yeah, it's a pretty fucked up thing to Jesus. say. Jesus, that's that is, dude, Trader Joe. Relax, fucked up. Joe. <laughs> it's like you can't tell Ron Burgundy your glass case of emotions. He can say it about himself, but you can't tell someone else that. That's just kind of messed up. You know what, Jose? You can come to my store that I'm going to open where the employees don't talk to the customers. Introverts, Trader Craig's. Introverts. Yeah. Are no us. one talks we got, to you. We got to have an introvert store that you can yeah, go in physically. That's a great, but you don't that's have a great name. Oh, intro. Uh, there's something in that. There's wordplay there, like mm -hmm. somewhere. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's not coming to my mind right now. The, the pun isn't coming, <laughs> but it, there's something. <laughs> well, think about it. Craig's gonna text us all at 1:30 a.m. Eastern time. I got it. Oh, when I have, <laughs> when I want a name, like we used to do the German word thing for like what you know the German word for like there's a German word for like you know eating while you're sad. And they're like, it's grief right. bacon. And it's like, I used to just, I, I just text Craig when I want a word for something. I'm like, what's the, what's the word for when your waiter brings food near you at a table, but then walks by you and you thought it was yours and then you get sad. <laughs> like anytime yeah. I want that, I just text Craig to come up with it. I love creating like new mashup words. Like we need a word for when you're on Instagram or something and then you're reading a post, but then it like updates or goes away and then you can't it's find, gone. you don't know what the post was. <laughs> it's oh, gone. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, how do I find that meme? I wanted to see the meme. I, what the was it? How did it end? It. Yeah. And it's gone. It's like, we need a word for that. Anyway. I'll think on that too. All right. NFL draft .com. DK's mock draft, Solix quarterback charting, team needs, big boards, everything you want. Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. If you have questions about the draft, I mean, more inventions, things about space. Um, names um, for please let us know if you have had sex on any kind of odd inanimate objects. <laughs> I'd love to know that. Not animate objects? Definitely not animate objects. Oh my God. No. Let's <laughs> preferably stuffed. <laughs> like straight up Billy Madison. <laughs> All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Solak. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Austin Gale. Thank you, slash, I'm a little hesitant for everyone. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball <laughs> at gmail.com for everyone sitting in those stories. I'm not a little worried to read them. Thank what are the Lord. people fuck? I want to know what the people are fucking on. You know what I mean? What are the kids <laughs> fucking on these days? <laughs> what minute are we in here? Sixty-six. Uh, this is why <laughs> whenever much. I talk with my mother and she goes, "The podcast about the draft, the one with the very foul mouths." This is what you're talking <laughs> about in these moments. She should just turn it off when there's 15 minutes left. Bail. <laughs> God, the second hyphen starts the, the first outro. Bail. Leave. <laughs> yeah. What are the kids having sex on? Tide Pods? Who knows? I've <laughs> <laughs> Tide Pods in. <laughs> Dildo vapes? Who knows what they got going these days? <laughs> That's a good idea. Dildo vape. <laughs>
<laughs> Kai, write that down. Write that down. <laughs> Dildo vapes. The guy that sold those partitions for grocery store conveyor belts, I got a new idea for you. Dildo vapes. <laughs> Just advertise the Astroglide right on the Dildo vape. <laughs> All right, goodbye, everyone. Wait, wait, did he do a band? You gotta do the Lauren, man. I did the Lauren, but Craig no one was heard, like, what are Craig people was fucking talking on? about? Sorry. <laughs> Live DK, animals. Who's your band? Animals. Uh, I'm going with Fallout Boy, who is playing the the NFL draft, apparently. Oh, really? The weirdest. Yes, with, with Motley You can imagine. With yeah. Motley Crue. Wow. Fallout Boy, Motley Crue, wow. and Thundercat, who I'm not familiar wow. with. The, Thundercat the is like a cool jazz bassist. Well, that sounds badass. Fallout Boy and Motley Crue is that is literally a Motley Crue right there. What is that? Fallout Boy has some bangers. Fallout no, Boy does have some bangers. They for sure do, but like lately? Uh, oh, I no. think they had an album come out. <laughs> I mean, what about Motley Crue, dude? You're talking about yeah, I was just Fallout Boy is not relevant this, enough? This is my point. This is the two most fucking random bands I could imagine. Fallout, Fallout Boy, Boy and Motley Crue. Yeah, but the kind of people who go to the draft, I have, I don't think are in the Venn diagram of people who are like, yeah, I want the new music. It's <laughs> fair. That's probably yes. right. This is the Kansas City audience. They love Fallout Boy and Motley Crue. I can't say I'm saying people go to draft, have money to spend money to go to the draft. Like you have, pro you're probably not 16 yeah. bump into the Olivia Rodrigo album. DK people that came up in like the 80s. You're getting people that came up in the 90s and. Lots. Fall Out Boy came out with an album this year. Okay, name a song. If you like them well, so much, name five songs. I, I, I'm no, I don't. <laughs> I just, I just went on their Spotify. <laughs> and that was I actually I used to listen to Fall Out Boy. Also, this one was of the like songs twenty years this, ago. The seventh song on the album is titled "The Pink Seashell" (parentheses) featuring Ethan Hawke, the Hollywood <laughs> what actor. The fuck. <laughs> the simulation. The simulation is off the rails. The like what mid fifties actor Ethan Hawke. What <laughs> is he in a band that I don't know about? Probably. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what's weirder if he's playing an instrument or just voicing an intro. <laughs> it does say here Ethan Hawke is making his debut as a music artist this month in an unexpected place. Iconic pop punk band Fallout Boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to listen to that song. All right. <laughs> Thanks for Got the memories. My plan now. There we go. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>